Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to have a meeting today. We thank you for how you are helping us and bringing us to the close of our study on the book of Haggai. As we study today, give us understanding that we might receive all that you have for us. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. May the Lord bless the Lord of his word, in Jesus' name, Amen. So far, we have seen that God spoke to Zerubbabel about shaking the heaven and the earth. And this was after he had rehearsed to the priests the things that they had done wrong that they needed to correct. We have also seen what God said would happen when the shaking takes place. He spoke of stars falling from heaven, basically meaning national leaders, world leaders, principalities and powers, and so on and so forth. He also spoke of toppling or overthrowing governments. In a democratic sense, he's talking about how he's going to be removing one government and placing another government in power. He also spoke of destruction of powers. And by this, we are looking at world economies that are crumbling. We're talking of climate change, wars, and so on and so forth. And then specifically, he mentioned the issue of civil wars in which people of the same nationality, the same culture, will be having wars in the same nation. Based on history, however, we know that the shaking God spoke to Zerubbabel through Haggai did not happen in Zerubbabel's time. So what was God saying? We know that God cannot lie. The only thing that is left for us is to appreciate the fact that we may not understand the way God is speaking. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, the C part, it says that God speaks of future events with much certainty as though they were already past. When God is speaking of an event that is yet to happen, it will be as though that event has already taken place. It is therefore important that we appreciate and understand how God speaks. So we want to discuss today understanding prophecy. Understanding prophecy. The term prophecy has taken on many strange meanings and it is necessary to understand prophecy so that A, we do not get conned by false prophets and B, so that we do not feel that when God speaks and the thing does not happen, we might feel that it will never happen. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is God speaking through men or angels about what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen. In other words, prophecy is not just about speaking about the future, but it can also be speaking about the past and the present. Prophecy is speaking the word of God, declaring it even though we don't know what God really means. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible tells us that prophecy does not come by the will of men, but... Prophecy is from God, and people spoke as God moved them by His Spirit. What this means is that even though people were speaking the Word of God, they themselves did not know the meaning of what they were saying, but they were speaking as God gave them utterance. Prophecy is God declaring something before it happens, and this is the most common meaning that many people ascribe to prophecy. 
In the New Testament, prophecy is God's word spoken by somebody upon whom the Holy Spirit has alighted. Again, in the New Testament, prophecy also means teaching the word of God. That is expounding on the word of God, giving the meaning of what God has already spoken and explaining it so that people can now have understanding. From all that we have said thus far, it is critical that we appreciate that prophecy is from God alone. Prophecy is not from the imagination of men or permutation of men or probabilities or the studies of men. It is only from God. Prophecy is something that we receive from God by his spirit. It is also important that we understand that prophecy may never be understood by the people to whom it is being spoken until after it has happened. For example, when Jesus said that if they destroyed the temple, he will rebuild it in three days. The people he was speaking to did not understand it. The disciples said they only understood it after he had died and had resurrected. Even after Jesus had died and resurrected, the disciples did not understand what had happened. It was after he appeared to them that he began to say to them that don't you know that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day he will rise again? That was when they remembered what it was that he used to tell them. So many times when prophecy is coming forth, the people who are receiving the prophecy may not even understand it at all, which is why the prophecy of explaining what God means also becomes crucial. So God can say something to one generation, and then in the next generation, he will now explain to the new generation that this is what I said to that generation that is happening in your own time. When God speaks, the events happening presently may not support it. And so many people tend to try to give their own interpretation so that it can make sense to them. For example, when God was speaking to Ahaz, in Isaiah 7, 10 to 16, it says, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Cords and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. In Isaiah's time, it was difficult to appreciate that a virgin would give birth to a child. And so they tended to interpret that statement to mean a young woman. But today, because we now know of the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that God meant virgin when he spoke. He meant a woman who was not married, a woman who has not known a man. When Peter was speaking about the prophecies that were told in the Old Testament, he said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Peter is saying here that the prophets, when they were prophesying, initially they thought it was about them. But we now know today that what they said in the Old Testament was for our own benefit. It was for us today. Even the angels were desirous of seeing those things that the prophets of old prophesied, but they did not see it because it was not meant for them, it was meant for us. So we see that God can speak 
of something that will happen even after we have gone, but he says it in our own hearing as though it will happen in our time. For example, when God told Abraham that he was going to give him the land, Abraham was wondering how he was going to get the land. And then God made a covenant with him and told him that they were going to spend 400 years in a strange land, but that it would be after Abraham had died and gone. So even though God promised Abraham the land, it was Abraham's descendants beyond Jacob who came to inherit the land. In fact, many generations even after them who came to actually inherit the land when they crossed into the promised land. So with all that has been said, what should be our attitude towards prophecy? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, it says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Our attitude towards prophecies is to receive and believe God's word. We may not understand what God is saying, but we must believe and receive it. Another thing that we must learn is that we must not try to give our own interpretation to God's word. We must allow the spirit of God to give us interpretation. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible says, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. The reason why prophecies have now become very strange to many of us is because men have been giving their own interpretation to what God has said, even though they did not understand it. But if we open ourselves to the spirit of God and to the word of God, God will give us the interpretation of what it is that he's saying. It is also important that we understand that the Bible interprets itself. When something is said in the Old Testament, the Bible will interpret it in the New Testament. So let us not allow ourselves to be carried away by false prophets. The prophecies of these false prophets may be tingling to our ears, but it is not the word of God. And when God speaks a word of prophecy, even though it may not make sense to us, if we realize that it is the word of God, we should hold on to that word because it will surely come to pass. It may not come to pass in our time, but rest assured that whatever it is that God has said will surely come to pass. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word to us today. I pray, Lord, that you will enable us in our spirit man to receive that which you speak to our hearts, even though we may not understand. I also pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that you will help us by your spirit to discountenance false prophecies when they are spoken to us. I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that we will no longer be deceived by false prophets and prophecies. But like the Bereans, we will begin to look into the scriptures and by your spirit to be able to prove what indeed is from you and what is not from you. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen.